Welcome to the Step 7 Ministries podcast. The mission is simple. Share Jesus with the addicted. Here we discuss recovery through the lens of Step 7. With Jesus as the center, you'll hear what makes the recovery journey through Step 7 unique and effective. We feature real help with an underlying approach of grace and brotherly love, along with the stories of men who have found recovery through connecting to Step 7 Ministries. This is what you've been waiting for, the first of the seven steps. So in this episode, me and Pastor Tom will go a little deeper into the first step in its origins and where it came from and why it's so important as a foundation for the ministry in all the steps. Enjoy. Okay, with this episode, we will start talking about the steps. So uh, I'm going to ask uh, Tom if you could read through the steps. Um, I'm not sure we need to do this with every upcoming episode on the steps. Maybe we'll do that. I don't know. We do read the steps at every meeting. <laughs> I know that much. Um, so, but let's talk about the steps. And I'd love to just hear more about you know how you came up with each of the steps. We're not going to talk about all the steps today. We'll talk about each step in the coming episodes. But why don't we do this? We'll have you read the steps, and then we'll go from there on step one. Sounds good. All right. Well, step one is we recognized that our lives had become a prison. Step two is we considered the fact that it might be the sin in our life that causes this lack of freedom. Step three is we considered accepting Jesus Christ as our higher power. Step four, we we bring in prayer. Step four is we prayerfully asked him to take away the desire to continue in this activity that separates us from him. Step five, and this is kind of where the rubber hits the road, we sought through prayer study and our small group, his healing gospel truth. Step six is real simple. We came to accept him as our Lord and Savior. And step seven is we shared this message of grace. And that's where the ministry was named after step seven. We shared, there's that word, sharing Jesus with the addicted. We shared this message of grace. Oh, there's the connection. Yeah. I haven't... uh... I've not put those two together. Yeah, step seven. Because we always read the verse that's underneath those. Right. So real quick, I will say, uh, just as a quick summary, I know you've said this many times, especially when you've been just kind of going through the steps and preaching on them or something or talking about them. Those first, uh, is it four, you you mentioned that you can do those pretty quickly. Couple minutes. Yeah. So anyway, I just I, I just putting that out there. So read those steps through for anybody listening. Read Read the steps, go back through them. And just realize that those first four steps, you can, um, yeah, those can happen pretty quick for a person. Right. And then once we get to step five, it's now a a lifelong process. Exactly. We saw through prayer study in our small group. We, I plan on being involved in a small group. I've been leading small groups now for over 20 years, and I can't imagine not having some kind of small group in my life. And I'm definitely into prayer and study. So right. the first four steps, you can get through those in two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But once you get to five, that's why I just said, you know, that's kind of where the rubber hits the road is in step five. Okay. So, but today we're going to talk about step one. Uh, what's the Bible verse that goes with that? It's for a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. Second Peter 2.19. I love that verse. So many times in our group, I will hear, we'll go through the verse, uh, all the steps. We have one guy, you know, just go around the circle and read the steps at every group. And uh, once, almost every time I'm in one and I'll think, that one really, I end up in my Bible. And then I kind of tune everybody else out and I just go to my script, to the scripture and read that and just like, I really like that one. And I like that verse. I like all of them. Um, but um, I just would love to hear from you just 
Where did you come up with that wording? So I understand, you know, you took months to write these all out and, um, and I'm not sure if you can bring it to mind, you know, where did you come up with the wording that we recognized, for instance, that our lives have become a prison instead of, I said out loud, or I finally noticed or whatever other wording that you might've picked. Why recognize, for instance? Well, I think one of the challenges a lot of these men have when they come to step seven is they can't even see that their life is just in shambles. It's, it's bondage, prison bondage, however you want to word that. And to get them to, you know, we're not getting them to shout it from a rooftop or say it out loud. The first thing they need to do is to simply recognize that their their way's not working too well. We we try to keep the first three steps very simple. We use the word recognize in the first one, and that's that's not a that's not a big step that they need to take. They simply have to recognize in the next two, and we'll get to these, we we use the word consider. Right. And we use that in a big way. We're not telling them you need to dive into the baptistry today. This is just you simply need to consider this. So to, to recognize that maybe my way's not working too well uh, sure. keeps it very simple. And the beauty about telling them that their lives had become a prison that you don't have to talk them into that. That's they, they see that pretty quickly when, yeah, it's, you know, you you didn't get to step seven by winning the Nobel peace prize. (laughs) You know, we, we have challenges when we come to step seven, you didn't get here because your life's just working out real well. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of another way to say, I mean, not that I'm asking you to change any of it. It's just another expression of this is I have become aware that th- my life is not doing well right now. Right. My life is indeed. And the, the word prison is a great word be, because it's a prison of my own making. It's not a prison. And I, this will be a future topic as well. We're, we're thinking through future topics and I'm typing them up in a word document as I go here. I just typed one in here, but this will be a good one. <laughs> Victimhood, right? I, this prison is not something that was built around me by uh, somebody else's choices. I built this prison myself. Yeah. And, but there's so much power in the fact that not only do I recognize, I have power to recognize, to become self-aware of my surroundings, of my life and my environment and everything. I also have the same power to open the door and step out of the prison. And so it's not just a recognition of circumstances. It's a recognition of, I actually have a choice here, right? I mean, that's part of that process. Yeah, we we pound the fact that you've just been making a lot of bad choices in your life, but it's, it's your deal. You're the one who's made those choices. And you use a word that we use a lot around here and people don't like it, but they're professional victims. It's right. just easier to be a victim than it is to take responsibility for the choices you've made. And they're, per, they're professionals at that. And to, to use the word recognized, at, at step seven, you need to call on a savior. And you, you, can't, you can't call on a savior until you recognize your need exactly. for one. Yeah. It, it just doesn't work. So that's, that's the beauty of step one. It's very simple. It doesn't, it's not rocket science. You just need to recognize my life's a mess. But I made this bed, and I can, you know, I can 
do things different down the road. I, I mentioned in our, our last uh, podcast that um, we we don't allow maybe a little bit, but we don't allow a lot of whining at step seven. Right. Th- these are grown men. I don't I don't want to hear it. You know, I've we've all got our crosses to bear. I could tell you stories about my life that you wouldn't want to have anything to do with, but I keep looking to Jesus. And that's where the freedom comes. So they can't again, that's a great statement. They can't call on a savior until they recognize that they need one. Oh yeah. It's when you realize your surroundings and you realize I can choose to leave my leave this prison. Uh, it's not a prison that uh, I was that was imposed upon me. Only rarely is that the case. Uh, I think um, for the most part, people are going to hear this podcast, and anybody who's going to interact with Step Seven and around here is this was a prison I built. This was a prison that I can choose to leave. And as you were talking, I realized also that this has to circle back around to Jesus. He's the only way to get out of the prison. Uh, well. It's a it's a wonderful it's wonderful the process right we we choose Jesus and by choosing Jesus we choose to have access to infinite power infinite help that can come our way and only until we recognize our need can we actually realize that we have that access to to that power yeah to get free and you know the one thing that's beautiful about the steps and I was very intentional when putting these steps together. These steps don't mention anything specific when it comes to what it is that's keeping us in prison. We don't mention anything specific as far as addictions. Is it is it drinking? Is it drugs? Is it porn? Is it gambling? Is it shopping? We don't go down that road. So the beauty about the steps is they apply. They're applicable to anything that's keeping you in prison. And I was very intentional about making that part of these steps. These steps apply to everything out there. We talk about in our steps, we talk about the problem that we all have is a, is a sin problem. And in, in Scripture, we, t- we see a lot of teaching on idolatry. And addiction is the epitome. It's the pinnacle of idolatry. Anything that we put in in front of our relationship with Christ is going to come back and bite us. And that's what's so cool about these steps. They work for everything you can think of out there. And the 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 disease concept, and I'm going to go down a path I probably will get a little bit of grief over. The disease concept of addiction Oh, it doesn't hold any it's it's ridiculous in my mind I, i'm not i've been sober for 36 years right now i don't have a disease of alcoholism you know we just need to be real careful there uh, i i i've had friends i had a but one of my best friends he died a few years back from his addiction and he he slipped and fell about 13 times in his life and he keep kept coming back to me and saying, well, Tom, I've got this disease, and I just wanted to shake him. But yeah. that's probably a whole other... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm on the exact same page with you, Tom. So I, on that concept, you know, I, again, you, you say you have this thing that was imposed on me, then therefore I can be a victim, therefore I take less responsibility. And it comes back to what we were talking about with our last podcast, leadership and responsibility. Yeah. So uh, I think that's so vital to remember. 
Hey, so can you read the verse one more time? You bet. For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. Second Peter 2.19. So I don't want to go too theological on this, but at the same time, <laughs> it's like, you know, you've got the writer Paul, the apostle Paul, and of course that's Peter. And I'm, I'm, I can't say for sure 100%, but I'm going to guess that Peter and Paul would agree that you're a slave to whatever owns you, but you're, that could be Christ. He could be the one that Amen. owns us, air quotes. But you, Jesus in love doesn't own anybody in that sense, but we are redeemed. And so this recognition happens where we get to a place of, I need to be obedient to what Jesus is for me and do what he wants for me. And uh, I can almost guarantee that if you ask Jesus, should I stop filling the blank? He's going to say, yes, you should. (laughs) So um, would you um, just maybe expand on some of that in terms of like, how about your experience as you've learned a life of obedience and a life of sobriety and recovery um, as you're learning how to be not in the prison of an addiction, but in the uh, so-called prison of the the life of Christ and being in a a Christian son of, a son of the father, a Christian. Right. You know... Again, this is something I could I could preach on for hours, but I am so thankful what what Jesus has done in in my life, and I struggle with sin. Don't don't get me wrong. We all, you know, for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God, and I'm I'm right there. But the fact is, is I I I have Jesus in my life. He guides and directs me, and I. Uh, again, I mentioned idolatry a minute ago. I, I don't want to go down the path of anything that's going to get in the way of my, my relationship with him. And I like how you mentioned it. I, the the word slave. It's a that's a great word. If I'm a slave to Christ, that's awesome. He's my creator. He knows what's best for me. He's given me directions through His Word and how to go about living His life. And all these other things, they're just gonna. They're going to get in our way. And we talk a lot about peace of mind at step seven. And these guys, they come to step seven and they're, they have no peace of mind. They're, they're completely in bondage. Their lives have become a prison. And, and we really do try to get it across to them that it's, it's only through, through service and through him that you're going to find that, that peace of mind. And it's also very important that at this early stage, that they completely recognize that this is due to the choices that they've been making. Yeah. I'm not ahead. I'm like thinking, what would a guy who's listening to this right now, if he stops and takes a look around him and he sees that his life truly is this, what would you want to tell this guy who's like, he may not recognize it, but he's listening to this and he's like, something's not right with my life. I've got something that I can't really control. And again, fill in the blank. You're right. It's not just about uh, alcohol or drugs. It can be whatever. Um, What is it then that we could tell somebody uh, based on this step that uh, we could give them some hope? You know, the, the neat thing when you look at how Jesus taught, he was a master at asking questions and it was uh, it was just beautiful to watch how he asked questions he would 
he would answer questions by asking questions. And we try to do that at, at step seven. It's, it's, it allows the individual themselves to convict themselves rather than me telling them what you're doing wrong, what you need to do, just to ask them questions that will get them to convict themselves that this way I'm going is not working. And one of the first ones we like to ask them out of the gate at step seven is how is your peace of mind? Right here, right now, how is your your peace of mind? Okay. So for anybody out there listening, you know, what what is your how's your peace of mind? Is your peace of mind found in the bottle? Yeah. Is it found in eating? Is it found looking at pornography? Is you finding peace of mind for those few minutes or a couple of hours? And what we're suggesting is this slavery that the Bible proposes, that we become slaves to Christ, is the best form of slavery. I want to be a bondage. I want to be in. in I want to be in bondage to the will of God. And so this prison that I would like to find myself in is a prison of. Uh, I'm going to flip this whole thing on its head and say this prison is a prison of freedom. I can um, leave anytime I want, but I want. This is the best place I can be. Um, and so when we recognize our lives have become a prison, it's because we have made it that. Jesus wouldn't do that to us. The life of obedience and righteousness is a life of true freedom. That's part of the vision statement again, that that freedom allows us to say, right now, I choose not to uh, open my computer and look at uh, I've heard this expressed, www.ishouldnotbehere.com, <laughs> uh, or that store or that guy around the corner who's got what I want kind of thing. You know, we have so much, um, one of the things I've gotten through the years, Tom, is the power of choice. And I think we do underestimate the power of our choices. And when we, as men, recognize our choice turning to Jesus is the single most powerful choice we can make. Amen. Because of our, and I said this a few minutes ago, we have access to that infinite power. Yeah. And it comes back to some of your story. If you listen to his story, Tom's story from our last episode, um, he realized, you know, however many months, maybe you said about a year after Ashley's death, that you had not gone back to that path. Jesus kind of put it plainly on you. Hey, look at where you are. You didn't go down back that down that path of addiction. Because you chose God's peace of mind, not the peace of mind that comes from something you know you put in yourself or you consume in some other way. Right. So it's when we recognize this prison is really truly a fragile prison when we give it to Jesus, and He's like, "You want keys to get out of this prison? You've got them." Right. And the the thing when we talk about the prison, those prison walls were built by our choices, as you just exactly. said. They, they were built by our choices. And I think that's the, the neat thing about the way the Lord created us back in the very beginning of the, of the book of Genesis. He says, let us make them in our image. And I believe one of the things that's peculiar to the human race is we do have the ability to choose. We don't react. We don't have to react to things. We can respond to things. I don't want to be a reactionary. I want to be responsible. I want to be responsible. And that's, that is huge. I, when, when I'm 
when stimulus comes my way, I can take a moment. I can pray about it. I can seek counsel. I can go to the Word. I don't have to react to it. And and people that are struggling with addictions, they don't know how to respond to things. All they do is react. You put stimulus in the deal and they react. It's like my dog Blue. He's a wonderful dog, but he doesn't he doesn't have the ability to to ponder things. Right. <laughs> He's a reactionary stimulus reaction. God didn't make us that way. He gave us the ability to come to him, to seek counsel, to pray, and to and to live our lives. These prison walls can easily be torn down. You used obedience a minute ago, and I, I love that. Now, and without being legalistic, there is freedom in obedience. We exactly. have a manual. Yep. He, he, and, and the thing, it, it just makes so much sense. God wants us to be his friend. He wants us to come into a relationship, but he's not going to force us. He's not going to put a gun to your head and say, you will be my friend. That doesn't work that way. He wants us, and we come back to the word choose. He wants us to choose him because we love him. We, we just, we can't put enough emphasis, as you have already done, Mike, we can't put enough emphasis on the word choice. Yeah. And it's the choices that got me here, and it's the same, not the same, but the same ability to choose to get out of this as well. And that's where we lead into some of these next steps is where, um, when we consider and when we decide to participate in the community and then we decide to share all of that stuff um, leads, it circles back on itself to be able to help the man continue in his sobriety and recovery. Um, we're going to have this as a separate topic as well, but I love the language of we're not moving away from that life. We're moving toward a better life. Amen. Amen. And that's so important. It's such an important mindset to, to remember. And so, uh, just to keep that in your back pocket at some point. We're going to talk about that in the future as well when Amen. it comes to, um, yeah, it, it relates to, you know, that victimhood mentality as well. So um, I was just thinking, though, in terms of that prison, um, that the prison is by nature restrictive, and it really limits our, our sights. And it, the walls close in on us when our lives get that small. And so another wonderfully, you know, part of this metaphor, wonderful part of this metaphor is you drop the walls and you're in a wide open space and you're in a much better place to be able to see opportunities. When I coach guys coming out of pornography, I tell them, you know, there's a horizon over there that you're going to get to, but once you get there, there's going to be something else beyond that. You're going to see something that you just can't see right now. That's because you're in a prison. That's because your life is as big as the little prison that you made for yourself. And it's a very small, tiny little life. And once recovery starts to happen, you know, Tom, your life, you, your life was about, well, when you were, weren't a minister and you resisted that call for a little bit, you were about yourself in that sense. You became, you were a Christian, but ministry changed your heart even more to expand serving more. You travel the world some. And eventually you started this whole ministry here that's beyond you. And you, of course, would be the first to say, you want this ministry to outlast you and not be about you. And, and same for me here. Um, by extension, we want these guys to learn that their life is way bigger than the life that they had before. Amen. Amen. And so that circle grows as we are growing in Christ. Yeah. You know, I was a Christian, but maybe not so much 
a very obedient Christian at the yeah. time. But the it's beautiful to recognize how these these walls that we're talking about can be can be torn down in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, you, the walls can come down, and that allows you to see what's around you. Finally, mm-hmm. you see the family that you missed. You see the friends that you can now have. And in the context of step seven, if if you're in a sober living home, you realize you've got brothers who can have your back. You didn't have that before. You were all about yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, so that's step one. And we're going to go through each step over the next number of episodes. And I hope we can learn more. I really appreciate you taking some more time with this, Pastor Tom. And uh, I'm loving it. Thank you so much, Mike. Glad to be here. Thanks for listening to the Step 7 Ministries podcast. If this story spoke to you, and you'd like to help support this ministry, just go to step7.org and click on support. If you or someone you love is in need of recovery from addiction and are willing to consider Jesus as your higher power, we also invite you to give us a call to see if Step 7 Ministries is right for you. Located in Parker, Colorado, Step 7 Ministries is a small group-based ministry where men share their lives while finding true life application right out of the Bible. There are sober living homes and a weekly worship service along with many opportunities to grow, learn, and serve together. Just go to step7.org and click on the process button to learn more.